0: Welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Dave. My name is Grant. And we're here. We're back. It's the end of our classic anime movie journey, at least for now. Um, We have been, over the last month or two, if you guys have been keeping up, we've been reviewing some classic anime movies that we hadn't seen just by chance up to this point. Today we're going to talk about Grave of the Fireflies. Um, The last couple, which movies have we done recently, Grant?
1: So we started off with paprika, yeah. uh, and then we followed that up with your name, and uh, the last one we did was Akira.
0: All bangers. I mean, all I know bangers. we loved some more than others. Sure. Um, but all classics for a reason, and I think Grave of the Fireflies has a very specific tone. We're mm. not exactly ending on a high note here. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think you warned me that this one was a bit of a somber watch. Yeah, yeah
1: it was, and and that was the thing too. Like, you know. Thankfully, the past few movies or like the movie nights we've done, we've kind of gone in blind. I think with the exception of Akira, you had seen that years and years ago, but mm-hmm. we kind of went in blind. And this is the one too. I knew, I knew it was dark, but I didn't know like under what basis. Yeah. So this, it, you know, it was, it was kind of like the um, there's an expectation of tone, but not content, which yes. is kind of fun. So it was, it was kind of. And well Akira put. had Akira had a similar thing but it, it's more visually known i find like this was yeah this is a this is an interesting one to go on into for the first time
0: really what really well put an expectation of tone but not content i think that's very apt for how we walked into this movie um that said i think once you read the synopsis and maybe that's how we can start i think it's fair to say that you know what you're going in uh, to listen or to watch. And uh, listeners, you know what you're about to hear. Obviously, spoilers ahead for the whole movie, just in case you haven't somehow seen it, (laughs) and you're somehow listening to this. Um, But we'll start with the synopsis. So, Grave of the Fireflies focuses on the story of Seta and Setsuko, two young Japanese siblings living in the declining days of World War II. When an American firebombing separates the two children from their parents, the two siblings must rely completely on one another while they struggle to fight for their survival. So, it's not exactly Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. No doubt. <laughs> um, uh, this film was written and directed uh, by the same man, Isao, Isao Takahata, released in 1988. I apologize if I butchered the name. Um, and I think Seita and Setsuko, maybe with a couple of exceptions, are in almost probably every frame of the movie, or they're at least in like 90%. Mm. of the movie. So it very it struggles or it struggles. It focuses very specifically on their struggle. From here, sir, I pass it over to you. What are your general thoughts? What are your general feelings? We can get into specifics later, but I just want to know how do you feel?
1: Well, you know, it's you know, <laughs> I'm not like not great is not how I would put it, but it's you know, this movie I'm like I'm trying not to sound like a you know, like a white blocker from like the early 2000s you know but like and there's no other way like to put it like gently though it's like, like hyperbolic it the movie was just powerful mm-hmm. you know like it's um you know i i guess a good explanation is the opening scene or one of the opening scenes you know because you know we know the movie is set in world war Two, and you know the the casualties of war mm-hmm. and all this and that but like that first firebombing scene Mm -hmm. I kind of just there's like a shot where it looks up in the sky and I was just like oh this is this is real you know like this is not like a fun little story this isn't like a take it's not like Akira where it was a take on events and you know and it was just feelings of years and years and years of being grinded down this is like in the moment fear and this movie just does that the whole way through and I just felt like dread. You know like there's no even the moments of levity if you could call them that mm-hmm. is just it's just sad mm-hmm. you know like the movie is not i i, I have not seen a movie in a, and i know i'm on a tangent here but i no, have no, not I seen well. a movie in a long time where it's like this is our message like there's no and ifs or buts like you know it's it's clear yeah it's evident there's, you know, like, little tangents here and there, little side roads, but, like, the message is clear from beginning to end of, like, you know, <laughs> war sucks. It honestly reminded me of Attack on Titan a lot.
0: It's, I, I kind of like that. I mean, you know, I think we're coming off Akira going into this movie, right, which, which is very different in a number of ways, obviously, tone and, and, and everything, but, like, a lot of these kind of arthouse, artsy movies... Are sometimes intentionally ambiguous both in their endings and just sort of like you know the kind of metaphors they throw in throughout the film um to your point there's none of that in this it's no. very specifically about the experience in living in a war-torn country mm-hmm. um and and yeah i i completely agree with that part of your take like you, there's no ands ifs or buts about that it's it's uh, it's a dedication to that message actually yeah. A fun fact is uh, writer-director Iseo Takahata on the movie, himself, only person involved in the whole project that actually survived uh, air bombings in his childhood. I don't know wow. if it was from World War II or what. I couldn't find like details on that specifically, but he himself went through that, and that, I mean, like, that is such a poignant part of the whole movie. There's mm-hmm. so many firebombs throughout the whole movie. Um, you feel like that comes from somewhere pretty pretty genuine for him.
1: And, and you know, it's just, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, the, specifically these movie nights. And, you know, we, we've talked about it over, you know, over the past year. Um, you know, we see this in a lot of the shows, you know, the anime shows that we watch. But the movies are really good. Because, you know, there's a limited time. They're trying to tell a complete story, whether it's an hour and a half or two hours. Also, like, thank God this movie was only an hour and a half because, like, an extra, like, 20 minutes would have, like, you know... (laughs) I feel like I would have, like, just walked away, like, worse, you know?
0: 90 minutes, big-time sweet spot for this movie. Yeah.
1: But, you know, visual... So, the point I was getting at is when it comes to these movies, they're really trying to use every angle they can to tell their story. You know, and, like, a big thing has just been the visual storytelling. Like, you know, this movie... There's a lot of dialogue. There's, you know, like, spoken narrative. But it's a lot of, like, just watching these kids be or do their best at mm-hmm. being, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's it's crazy to think that sometimes, like, the simplest story has the most weight. Like, you know, and all four of the movies that we covered, or the other three is, like, Akira, Your Name, and Paprika, they all had to use these sci-fi elements. They found, like, these angles to get their point across. And this mm-hmm. movie is just, like... <laughs> No, it's just like, you know, it it just, it's honestly shocking. Like to see it, like you don't see, you see this more in, you know, obviously like, you know, live action dramas where like there is no, you know, (laughs) you know, there is no special effects in life. There's no portals. There's no dream sequences. Yeah. There's no like, like, you're living it.
0: Yeah. There's no sci-fi based mechanic, right? There's no shounen like, oh, in this world, these are like, there's no world building moment other than it's 1945 Japan. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Right? It's refreshing. It, it was yeah. like
1: watching Band of Brothers or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, or it's it, it was it's a historical drama, and there is you know mind like there's the elements of like the the spirits. Like throughout the movie, we're kind of guided along with you know uh, Setsuko and Saida through the story. You kind of see them in the background, which I thought was just like it was just like such a nice little touch yeah.
0: of
1: you know. Just like watching their journey along, and I guess so. There is, you know, some of the sci-fi fantasy elements. Some, but really, even then, if you really, you know, w- you know, that's like trying to draw blood from a stone. There, like, come on, mm-hmm. you know, spare me on that. But it's, it's just a beautiful movie, and, yeah. you know, it just, it continues and continues to show. You know, it, it wasn't just like there was one bad event. It wasn't just the fire bombings. It was just all the realities that come along with war. They didn't like show the one thing of it all. It showed, you know. The all the people suffering from malnutrition, the you know the the food shortages mm-hmm. and you know just like the no no living, and all this and that is oh just what a beautiful, truly a truly beautiful movie. Like I you know in comparison to Akira, I think this is a classic. Like Akira is a classic, obviously, but this stands out as way more for me, way more. Of I, I,
0: I actually no, I agree with you. I mean you know I think I like Akira a little more in some other ways. Like you know obviously it's set um a certain tone and changed a lot of things animation wise and it has its own history but in terms of like just a story Mm -hmm. you know i'm much more fond of how this story was told um it really really bummed me out um and it's just also not something that comes across very often i mean this movie was released in what 1988 Mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure that if you look for the content um it's, it's out there, but like there's just so something there's something so specific about this movie and the fact that it, the way it's kind of revered and looked at as a classic and it has so much respect. Um, and it doesn't feel like things like this are getting made a ton, maybe at least not right now. Something can maybe prove me wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I figured we might be on the same page with this one. Um, I think the big thing, like if I have one major highlight, and, and we can get into it, specific highlights maybe shortly Um, but I think the big thing for me is that the whole movie and and You touched on this a little bit um, Throughout its runtime. It has a very complete arc, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a journey and like you said, it's not about one specific um, incident, right? I thought maybe like in this movie, they might get to um, the atomic bomb dropping or Mm -hmm. they might get to when the American invasion begins, but it's not really about either of those things. It's just about the constant, um, like you said, dread, living in absolute fear. Um, And it doesn't really feel like there's a beginning or an end to that. The kids are just sort of dropped into it, Mm -hmm. right? So parents are gone and now they just have to figure it out and it doesn't, we don't really know when this is going to start, right? There's no, like, third-party character or secondary character that's, like, in a lot of other movies, they might use a crutch, or they might use, like, uh, you know, maybe I thought they were going to use the ant to, like, keep the audience informed on the state of the war. Mm. Like, is it nearing an end? Is it not? But then we leave the ant, and the kids have no source of information. So you just don't know what's happening. And well, there's the you know scene mean? at
1: the end. There's the scene at the end of the movie where yeah, I yeah, think he course. goes to he goes to draw out more money. You know, I think this thing too. Like the, you know, like yeah, I think he's at the bank and like mm-hmm. they're talking about the war. That's and what all, he like, finds out. And they're like oh, the war is over and like they're kind of like mocking the kid. Yeah. And then and that's like that's the other sad thing. Like there's the, the whole movie is the results of people being affected. Like you know, civilians like. Mm-hmm. People living in the world are being affected by this war,
0: innocent bystanders,
1: innocent bystanders, and it that it has that tone through the whole movie and everything that follows that original flashpoint of like the firebombing. Mm-hmm. And then right at the last minute, they just show like the wage disparity of all the rich people coming back, people that are able to get out and yeah. get away, and they're t- and, like just mocking the people that have been living in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, uh, it was oh my god, my heart broke so many times during this movie. Like, it's yeah. yeah. Also, like, you know, really, like, I think um, is a good character, like, the, you know, the brother, but yeah. br- the Setsuko, like, the young daughter, I think, is truly, and this is actually one of a pet peeve of mine in anime in general, mm-hmm. is the, I guess you see it in, in, maybe not in Western animation as well, too, but the child character that is just, like, why is it? above their years mm-hmm. like well like you know like a four-year-old with the, like talking and like has the yeah. mental capacity of like a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old yeah and it, it's just like again it's a minor gripe but in this like Setsiko like is like a toddler you know like she is a young child she doesn't understand she doesn't just automatically get something you know like she has moments where you know like she's growing and some things are like within her wheelhouse of understanding but there's just all this stuff that's not and they yeah. don't just you know she doesn't just know it and you know, it seems like that where, you know, the mom dying you know, like that's I think that's like the most one where she can understand a little bit. But, you know, like the the food shortages and the also them too, like trying to like fix everything with salt water. Yeah. It's just like, you know, they're just like doing remedies. Oh, it's just. Yeah,
0: okay. it's just it's desperation, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you um, as well. You know, further to your point, I think about just like the trope and sometimes like in anime, the slightly overdone knowledgeable character that's a little bit too young to be that knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. They did not they, they played these two characters perfectly. Yeah. Um Setsuko says like the perfect amount of things that are both childish and sometimes a little bit too poignant and and they hit you a certain way, but kids do say shit like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And but they also they don't turn her into like this you know prophetic child Mm. they also show a ton of her just being a kid and that there's good and there's bad to that right like just being kind of a downright burden at points They show the meltdowns you know the the meltdowns exactly Um, and I think um, Seta is an incredibly well-done character the execution on him is really really good because same deal with him he's incredibly grounded and you just see this teenager just trying so hard to keep his shit together. You like, see him
1: morphing into something else. Like it changes. Almost, yeah. He all you know, it, it was there's there's one scene not to cut you off. No, but no, you're good. there's a, there's a scene where I think they've they've left their aunt's house and I yeah. think there's there's raid sirens and you know, everyone's like kind of evacuating the town because they think that town is now about to get bombed, and you see him like Almost on like hands and you know hands and feet crawling through the streets, running to get and like just pillage the house you know mm. like when no one is there and all I could think of was um like Smeagol to Gollum yeah and like he was just the way he was kind of like in the house like lurking and I was like oh fuck like that's you know but like he's trying to it's like you said he's he's trying to adapt to his surroundings in the situation like he's doing everything he can to like to yeah. his mental capacity you know and it shows that like he still is a kid yes because you know? he, he doesn't, doesn't know everything.
0: Exactly. He doesn't have all the answers, right? Like, he's he's mature enough, and he understands that he has to feed himself and his sister, and he's, you know, a little bit more physically capable than she is, obviously. And she's clearly his priority, right? Mm-hmm. He focuses on getting money out of mom's bank account once they realize that they can do that, and then just keeping them both fed, giving them both shelter. Um, and there's only two moments, I think, in the whole film where he shows a little bit of weakness and when he finally breaks down and cries a little bit, mm. but you know, you just figure like imagine what he's living through. You can just see the guy trying to keep it together, mm. right? Cause he's just clearly living moment to moment. And there's only, I think it's, you know, one or two times like after she gets really sick. And once he has an, a moment alone after he realizes his mother has died and he's finally doesn't have to worry about his sister. That's when he breaks down. Mm. But it's all—it's like a very like young man. Like I just got to keep this stuff together. You know what I mean? I gotta—I just got to keep the ship moving, kind of mentality. And then when he has a moment to feel, he actually feels. But it's like it's because he's at the very brink because he's been holding it all in so, for so long. It's—it's it's
1: a really—it's a really subtle thing they do. You know, it's not something that's openly spoken. But you know, earlier in the movie, they—they they hit. They hit home the notes of like, you know, oh you're a military family, oh you're and mm-hmm. the aunt too. Like the the aunt is a really interesting character, and you know yes. she's, you know I can I can imagine some people just kind of like <laughs> calling her um, uh, what was uh, what was Walter White's wife's name? Um,
0: uh. Breaking Bad. Yeah, no, I know. You, you know I the guess, character, I'm talking yeah. Of course, of? Walter, wife's wife's, Walter, yeah, Walter wife's wife, Walter wife, <laughs> Walter wife,
1: Walter uh, wife. Um, you know, and like she was just like that. Everyone just treated her as like this despicable character of like, oh my god, yeah. you're such but, a bitch. <laughs> like, look what you're doing to exactly. him. Exactly. Like, a lot of the time, she was kind of like right. You oh, know, dude, like, you. She, she was an imperfect yeah. character. It's so funny. It was. I would laugh every time the internet would just like blow her up. And it's like, well, like her, her husband's a sociopath. So, like, you know, she's not. Perfect she may be feeling but, a
0: slight bit of stress.
1: Yeah. So the end it's funny, I was thinking of when I was watching the character, I was kinda like, you know, she the ant character was, you know, kind of like rubbing me the wrong way, and I just kept yep. thinking back to Oh Skylar, Skyler White. Skylar, Skylar, Skyler. I kept thinking back to Skylar. And I was like, Well, like the ant is like kind of not nice in moments. It's kind yeah. of i Emma Liana was like, That's like an old school ant, you know, like back in the day. Like everyone was so hard as fuck back mm-hmm. then, you know. Especially during war you had to be. But yeah, like no she should. had she had moments of like you know common sense of like <laughs> you guys need to you know you, you're not freeloading all this and that and she was right in moments mm-hmm.
0: but um and yeah she was looking out for number one and for her own family right it's it's mm-hmm. fun like i'm not i'm not trying to vindicate her no. of putting two children out on the street in the middle of a of a war but i i believe and uh I, I wish i knew exactly what but there was a follow-up project that was planned and i don't know if it actually happened to this movie and i don't know if it was a play or, like, a technical sequel to the movie that w- mm. didn't get a wide release. Um, but I believe the writer-director wanted to do a follow-up on from the aunt's point of view just to show you what that desperation can do to a person and how it can turn them kind of cold and heartless, even towards yeah. family. Because, you know, I think, like we just said, you know, they wanted to paint a clearer picture of, like, what happened to her and what happened to the way she treated her own family because Mm. of of her own desperation. But they didn't want to do too much of that in this movie because they very specifically wanted it to be about Seta and Setsuko.
1: It is 100% their story.
0: Yes. And if they had given the aunt a little bit more time to be a little bit more relatable, it may have detracted from these things that just kept happening
1: to the kids. 100%. Yeah. So I think they played it right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, again, before I lose
1: the thought, what I, what I was getting at is they do hit home, like, the Navy family, you know, like, you guys are rich. And she kind of held that against and stuff yeah. like that. But can you imagine your father going to war and you're the son in the family? Again, they don't openly say this, but I'm sure he had from the get-go before all of these firebombings started that he had to be the man of the house. Absolutely. You know, that's, like, a big thing. How many, how many movies or shows have you watched where it's, like, a military drama or, or you know, kind of, you know, tangent near it? And that's always a big thing. It's like you're the man of the house, son. Yep. You know, and stuff like that. And it was nice they didn't openly say that, but, but you could tell. But you can tell, and it was it was a trend. And it's like you said, like SIDA is such like the two of them are, are for they are perfectly they're perfect snapshots of regular people in mm-hmm. the world. You know, and yes, you they're don't so grounded, get that. so ground and like <laughs> grounded people in a grounded story in it, like a, like an actual
0: event you know like mm-hmm. this is which is know, the don't... hardest thing to do in like in any medium right mm-hmm. it's just to make the characters feel relatable and yeah. in extraordinary circumstances mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah okay i think we're on we're on yeah. the same page there um i'm just looking to see if i have any other huge highlights oh i i want to say one obvious thing because we haven't said it yet i liked the um just the animation style sure very 90s Mm. Um, I I love that. I don't know, like, if there's any specific terminology, if that style is known as anything very specifically. Everything's very round, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, kind of, like, at at least the character animations are very round and kind of, like, obviously, like, I know Studio Ghibli is the production company, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how much, like, it, it clearly felt like a Ghibli movie with some of the stuff taken out, you know, like, a lot of, I think maybe it's, like, director to director have their own flourishes that they add to their movies, But just the way they draw, like, the houses, you know, like, the homes and, like, the... Mm -hmm. You know, there's a scene... This is going to sound, like, really, you know, morose, but... The scene of, like, when he's, like, running through the hospital trying to find his mom. Also, one of the best jump scares I've seen in a non-horror movie. When Uh, it just, like... What was it? In the beginning when he's trying to find his mom. Like, he Uh gets told and he's, like... Uh. And he's running from room to room in the hospital trying to find her. And just, like, the... just how well and descriptive they made this hospital and, or, or like this makeshift hospital and this mm-hmm. and that and then obviously it cuts right to her and it was like in a weird fucked up way they threw Sakaga at us like when they cut to his mom wrapped up in bandages and I was like Ugh. you sick fucks <laughs> you know that... like it was it was one of the most hands down one of the most jarring moments of the movie but
0: yeah that and when they cut to her again mm. um, showing yeah. her body being thrown into a pit um, that was they do that so casually too, which I think with no like musical cue or anything, eh? Like no. it just like it's just like here you go, it just floats by, that and you're just chaos. like, yeah, and you just like get like a shiver. It's it's uh it's very very disturbing. Um, I will say just as we wrap up like the whole Sato thing, there are a couple of like Big Brother moments that really stuck out to me. Um, I think like. As they are kicked out of the, their aunt's house and they find their cave, mm. they're, like, getting supplies and things are looking pretty bad, right? Yeah. But again, to distract his sister, he, like, puts her on his shoulders and they sing on their way home in the rain. Mm. And then, um, as they're running out of food, they make tea with the fruit drops. Mm-hmm. Those two moments, I was just like, I don't know, I thought that they were, like, very specifically very cool and then, obviously... Um, I don't know if you have this. I'm I'm taking a lot of the cool moments here. But the the last one for me is when he brings the fireflies into Mm. the cave to cheer her up and show her all the show her all of the beautiful lights like just from an animation standpoint a story standpoint that's one of my favorite moments of the movie and it's also followed followed up with like one of the best lines of the movie and like the funeral for the fireflies right the whole mm. everything where the Setsuko says i wish you know they're so beautiful why do they have to die so quickly mm. um and then they have to bury them and it was just like jesus like they can't even have that <laughs> um i don't know i thought all of those like big brother moments were like very Standout-ish just because mm-hmm. he's just trying to keep the, just distract her, right? Like, just keep her happy in this literal ap- apocalypse that they're living through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love that.
1: I think one of the big standout scenes for me is the, um, the beach scene. And they reference back to it later, you know, I'll take yeah. you to the beach again. Yeah, Just the same oh, thing with, you know, like it's, it's a really potent scene because it really shows that there is moments of serenity where you can kind of block everything out but Mm -hmm. then it immediately they just like throw in boom dead body on the beach and it kind of sets up like you know someone just like went there to die and it kind of alludes to how you know it's kind of like because we we, the movie opens up with him obviously like you know Mm -hmm. on his his last breath more or less with was super fucked up there's just a bunch of other kids i don't know if it's the beginning of the movie where they reveal there's more kids or if it's at the end it kind of zooms out and there's just like 10 other kids Ugh. also dying around them which is fuck, it was so dirty yeah just I, you know sad sad that that's the way that you know some people have to go but mm-hmm. um but just like that beach scene it just shows like you know at any moment it can just be over and even then they hear more sirens on the beach like it's it's just like they're being haunted this whole way, yes. like, they finally get that moment to breathe and just, like, no, your breath is over. Like, you're back into it.
0: Haunted and, is uh, a good way to put it. It doesn't yeah. go away. Like, they just no. can't get away. hmm Like, even, I think, maybe two-thirds through the movie, like, you know, the audience is getting a little bit used to the nightly air raids or the yeah. fire bombings. And then, like, in broad daylight, a plane starts shooting at civilians. Mm. Uh, Like, toward, you know, as as the sister is getting sick, like, that happens. And it's like, what? Like, is there no relief? Like, even daytime isn't safe now? Mm-hmm that shit was was terrifying um i think as much as it bums me out we should talk about how well they nailed Setsuko's illness mm. like that just like everything else in the movie just like Seta losing his resolve i think was extremely well handled because it was a journey it took time it was not sudden she had a rash from like day one and it mm. just got worse and worse um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the rations got worse and worse. Um, they were started to run out of money. You know, he became more desperate and would steal, as you noted, like, like kind of Gollum-like. Uh, mm. During the raids, he would run into the fire, literally, yeah. um, to steal clothes so that he could exchange them for rice. Um, and yeah, just everything became very, very desperate, like the closer and closer that they got to their death. Also, Her there's
1: the scene where he steals, he steals, like, you know, because he, he associates, it, it just shows, like, the childlike mind that he actually had because, you know, he goes out, he, you know, or sorry, the his aunt convinces him to sell his mother's kimono. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and he associates another kimono with money. Exactly. yeah. And, you know, he goes and he tries to, like, you know, sell off in the street. And the woman's like, these are rags. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking beat it, you know? Because he can't,
0: he's a kid, right? He doesn't yeah. know the difference.
1: Yeah. But, um, ugh. yeah. But so the thing, thing with the sister, too. You know, it's it just goes to show. That there was one thing. I'm not sure if I just missed it because there was some weird timeline stuff mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if at one point they hit us with some um, unreliable narrator stuff on on uh, behalf.
0: What makes you say that?
1: Well, because I'm not sure like how long he had actually. Because there's one point where, like we need to get her to a doctor, and then he just he says that out loud, but then doesn't take her to the doctor. And like it can, feels like it, it's it, it's hard to tell. Like, but he does. Like, they fall. do, they no, do no, no, see that. No. He does. But then when he eventually goes to the daughter, he's just like, oh, it's been like this for like a couple days. Oh. You know, and it's like, is it just him being embarrassed, or he just want to be in trouble?
0: Oh yeah. You know, like what that I mean? childlike so, like. like- oh, this just started kind of thing.
1: And it was like, like, you know, like he just... Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, so that was the thing I wasn't too sure. I was like, oh, like, because that would be another, again, a very believable Uh, moment. Like, he is a kid. You know, like, how long was this really going on? Because there's, you know, she makes a point of, you know, I've had I've had diarrhea for a few days.
0: She goes, something's wrong with my tummy. The diarrhea doesn't go away. That was the quote. And I was like, oh, God, even she knows. And it's just like... It was like he was upsetting. upsetting.
1: So that's why I'm wondering, like, how long had he actually let this go? Like, he yeah. felt like he was helping her. Like, they didn't. maybe he didn't want help. It's hard. Yeah. He they, may I'm not have realized, you know. It could be. That's the thing, too. It's just, you know, that, I think that's why this movie, it, it really makes you think, like, at all the angles of, like, you know, how, what he, maybe mentally he just couldn't, you know know better you know there's just so much like the stress alone whether he openly knew he was stressed you know because you don't really have Mm -hmm. a word for that maybe at that age yeah it's just it's such a fascinating view and like take on like a child's mind you know and the situation you know like even as an adult i cannot imagine what would be racing through my mind you know like it's 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 really scary stuff to think that actual children you know then and potentially now go through situations like this it's it's really sad
0: it's terrifying yeah yeah um even her death i one um a, a couple things on her death um i think like they intentionally wanted you to feel it obviously that's the mm. name of like it's like the game of the whole fucking movie clearly is they want you to feel it but even then i was still surprised that they showed it like they show the very like surreal but realistic moment of him having to get charcoal rations to burn her mm. to cremate his sister and then they show you him actually doing it yeah um that shit hurt <laughs> i was just like god really you're going to show us the whole thing
1: it was weird cuz like the guy that gave him the sur- like this the special surplus which is fucked up to say that like oh when your people yeah. have died here's like our government yeah. money for your loved one which in a way is like You know it's good, but it's fucked that that happens. The guy was like smiley, but that was the thing. He was like smiley. He's like, yeah, you want a good burn, you do this, and da da da. And I'm like, you know, his business at this point, yeah. You know, and it's like, fuck, man. Like,
0: I don't know. I I read that as like, does this guy realize it's to burn his like to cremate his sister? And I was like, maybe he does, and it's just so like regular. Like he's just so, you know what I mean? He's been so desensitized by it because he's probably given out so many of these rations. I don't know. I was like, he's either being obtuse. Or the guy is so detached mm. that, you know what I mean? It's one of the two, I don't know, um, movie ends on, uh, you know, her, her ghost kind of running around. And uh, it actually has one of the best effects that they use throughout the movie that neither of us have brought up yet, which is um, anytime they're running by water, the reflections in the water, really cool animation.
1: Oh, true, almost like yes. a mirror yeah. image the whole way through. Mm.
0: Maybe not, like, the most, quote, like, realistic, but, like, I just like that it was, like, a mirror like, image that, perfectly the, every time. The
1: little almonds, like, you know, like, the, their little story. Touches, it's yeah. almost like them narrating their story in a weird way. Yeah. Without, without using words, so.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, there's fireflies at the end, of course. Like, her ghost is sort of illuminated by them. Mm. The soundtrack at the end, the strings in those last five minutes. It's like, okay, yeah. you've, mission accomplished. You broke my fucking heart, all mm-hmm. right? Just stop, stop you know twisting the knife um okay i do you want a little bit of trivia i've got one sure. or two sure yeah yeah um and then maybe we can move on to like final thoughts and potentially nitpicks um trivia the film is based on a true story i hate to say it uh a- akiyuki nasaka lost his sister during the war to malnutrition and blamed himself for her death he wrote Hōtaru no Haka, which translates to "a grave of fireflies," in 1967 to come to terms with her loss. Hmm. So, true story, uh, very much uh, amidst the uh, firebombing campaign in, uh, in the uh, in World War II. Second one is if you brighten the poster on the film uh, for the film, some of the lights shown in the film are not actually fireflies, but incendiary bombs from a B-25 bomber um And then, lastly, just a fun, maybe something a little bit lighter. Um, <laughs> production. <laughs> that last one. Yeah, that's that's so brutal. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh Production of Grave of the Fireflies began on February 1st, 1987, and finished on April 11th, 1988, just five days before its world premiere.
1: Fucking anime forever doing its anime thing. Yes,
0: that <laughs> apparently is not a new thing. Okay, that's it. That's all I've got for fun facts. Good lord. Yeah. You were right. This was somber. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> My God, tune into the post show for some laughs coming out in two days. Yeah, a little bit of levity. <laughs> Good lord,
1: grief, grief
0: powered levity. Um, do you have any nitpicks? You
1: know, it's it's hard to nitpick. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know, and not like not like it, like you know, like out of a respect thing too. But it's it's such whether some elements. Of this story. Like, you know, if this was like a straight up adaption of a biopic or something like that, or like, an, like a book, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of some stuff was true or not, the things that happen in this movie, regardless if it happened to a single person, it's almost certain it happened to someone else. And I think mm-hmm. this is not one person's story. I think this is a society's story of suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, this is... I think this is a movie for the people at the time. I bet this is very cathartic for a lot of people mm. at the time. You know, like to this day, I, there's you know anime stories and movies and manga. Like it's all, you know, their <laughs> Eastern storytelling is very good at like channeling their grief, you know, mm-hmm. and making it something else. And I think this movie is just one of the best personifications of that. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I just don't feel like there's any need to nitpick stuff that like this is some of the saddest shit that has ever happened in human existence Mm -hmm. and i think it's beautiful i think it it did a really good job of telling a a nation's story you know a people's story and it's yeah i think it's a fucking awesome movie man like it's depressing but it's it's a movie i want to share with you know Kryn when she's much older you (laughs) know like it's it's um i think this is when anime fucking knocks it out of the park and really wants to get a message out there. This this is like in the upper echelon of that, like without a doubt in my mind.
0: Very, very well said, my friend. We are connected telepathically today. I have zero nitpicks. Um, it's just almost a little bit too precious. I mean, even you know, and I'm not saying that like even though we don't really take ourselves too too seriously as mm-hmm. as uh, viewers or critics or reviewers or whatever whatever you want to call it. But truth be told, you know, I agree with everything you said. But also, you know, you know, if you're listening to this, we are pretty picky sometimes. And I think that um, there is Grant's angle, which is to say, like, this is such a beautiful uh, kind of retelling of, like, really scary, intense things that have happened. If there were, like, plot machinations and characters that, like, didn't really work, I would probably mention it. Um, mm mm-hmm. But that's just, I think the fact that the story made us feel the way it did and the fact that we just gushed over it for 35 straight minutes without really, you know, anything going wrong is because it, it, it did it so accurately. It did it so, it did such a good job that I just don't have anything to nitpick over. Mm-hmm. This is easily a 9 out of 10. Um, really, ugh, man, <laughs> beautiful and just heart-wrenching. This one, this one got me in the feels. I'm actually... I think pretty glad that we, that we ended on this note, you know, not because it's like, you know, all jokes aside, not because it's family friendly or anything, but just because it's like, this is what anime is often about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're into anime for a ton of reasons and like lighthearted comedy and levity filled stuff is one of them, Um, but also just like telling really beautiful stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was, this was a really, really, really good one
1: it would have been hard it would have been very hard to follow this up with the other three like yeah you know they all in their own way like you know it's you know it's it's funny because they all brought their own thing to the table you Mm -hmm. know you had like you know your name had like the modern Mm -hmm. you know it was like it was a modern more modern movie it was a love story you know paprika had just kind of trippy, like really out there thoughts and like thought experiments. Akira is just like an icon, you know. And this yeah. is like a grounded story. I think we really covered like a good, you know, a good rotation of movies for the for these these nights that we've done. And I I actually look forward to like what the the next time we do this is like whatever slow part of the season we have next year. I'd like to just take some time and and also anyone listening, let us know if there is some other iconic movies that we're just not thinking of for next time please tell us because yeah. I had a blast with all of these.
0: I, I totally agree. I think it would be really difficult if we started off with Grave of the Fireflies and then we went into like Akira or like, or your name or paprika for that matter. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't, this is a good note to end on. Um, yeah. This has been really, really fun uh, doing these four movies. So if you haven't checked out the other reviews, uh, please do so. And like Grant said, um, if there are other movies you think are, you know, must watches for any reason, right? Like the four movies we reviewed don't have a ton in common other than the fact that they're highly revered. So we're down to watch good stuff. Um, this has been a blast. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, uh, if this is your first time tuning in, you know, we have did this, as Grant mentioned, because we had a bit of a lapse in the schedule um, and stuff that we wanted to cover. Um, but starting in a couple of weeks, um, we're going to start uh reviewing some more uh exciting shows week to week demon slayer is probably up there attack on titan is uh part two is coming out in january season january four, part 9th. two. Standard yeah it in. <laughs> so lots coming in terms of week to week content um and of course check out the post show we're gonna rev that up shortly uh, when i say that i mean we're gonna record it like right after this and then it drops usually a couple days after this does um and that is a much more uh chill environment <laughs> Um, that is not nearly as somber. We're talking, you know, uh, Squid Games, uh, 86, Succession. Yeah, we are. Yeah, lots yeah, we of are. lots of really fun stuff. So definitely tune into that. I think we could probably wrap it up here. Is that right, Grant? Did we forget anything?
1: No, I think we covered it.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, support the podcast, however you like. You know, like, follow, comment, subscribe. Take the appropriate social media action on the appropriate social media platform. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. Cheers.